Hello and welcome to One Hit Podcast episode 12. In this episode we speak to professional European boxing champion Tommy McCarthy. We speak to Tommy about his life as a professional boxer, his day-to-day training and winning a European title in an empty arena during Covid. We speak about the amateur game in boxing versus the professional game and what is next for the European champion. Tommy's main goal is to become a world champion and hopefully someday we'll see this. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube, Facebook and Instagram. Type in One Hit Podcast. Enjoy. I am the greatest. Be water, my friend. Welcome to One Hit Podcast. Today we're Tommy McCarthy, boxer from Belfast, European champion, professional boxer. How's things, Tommy? Oh, good. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure, it's a pleasure. A few Belfast boys have been trying to come online there, Paddy Barnes and all. So good to see the best that come on, the biggest one, anyhow, come on so far. Yep, yep, the biggest and the best. Mentioned there, you're a professional boxer, European champion. How did you get into boxing? Boxing off the thing for you, or was it other sports beforehand? Um, before when I was very young, the first sport I ever done was um judo. Very good. When I was about six, I'd say six or seven, that was my my, my first sport I ever done, and um, I liked it. It went the one week competition and won it, and then my uncle was a kickboxer, so I went with him to the kickboxing, and then doing kickboxing for a wee while before I started boxing. My other uncle, um, did you hear uh, Capoeira? Capoeira, yeah, yeah, Brazilian. Uh, my other uncle was doing Capoeira, so I used to go with him to the, when, when I was very young as well, to the Capoeira sessions, and um, before the age of 11, like, and then um, I kickboxed up until about first year, and then and then I went to, I went to the boxing club and just loved it. Deadly, so, so boxing sort of... Open your eyes more than this boxing. Now is it? I uh, well, I was always a boxing fan, like, but nobody in my family boxed or anything, and it, like, so I'd never had any like way in the like. I never had someone to bring me to a boxing club, or I didn't even know anyone. Like, none of my friends boxed or anything. So, um, my dad's mate was a, was a coach in the club, Jimmy Deeds, and he brought me down, and I. Uh, once I got there, I was just like, this is this is the sport for me. Well, you know, because I read about you before that uh, you weren't really caring about the amateur game as much. It was always in your head, I want to be a pro fighter. Was that also Because always, because when I, like, I've, as I said, I've always been a boxing fan, but growing up, I never, like, before I started boxing, I never would have, like, paid attention to the Olympics or anything, or, you know, I was just always, like, I used to love watching Chris Chewbank and Prince Nazim and Frank Bruno and, and, and Lennox Lewis and uh and Mike Tyson. So it was just that was like what what I thought boxing was. And then a lot of people who, who aren't into boxing, they look at amateurs like amateur boxing's crap. They get those just people think it's just the 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 level it's the thing to get you prepared to go pro. Yeah. But then once I started boxing, I realized that you know, amateur boxing is like, like it's like a completely different sport from pro. Two different, two different games. And then I started paying attention to the Olympics. But even when I was boxing, I never, I never like had dreams of being an Olympic champion. I was always like, want to be a pro world champion. That's it. But then as I started getting more success in the amateur game, it was like, fuck, 
the Olympics, everyone was always going on about the Olympics. It's like, right, I'm, I could make it. And then me and, and Paddy Barnes was my good friend and, and Michael Conlon and the two of them were going to the Olympics. And I was like, well, my mates are going, so I want to go. <laughs> well, like they were bringing silver medals home and bronze medals to the Olympics and seeing how great it was for Belfast and the whole country of Ireland. So maybe that bit of, bit of fire was looking lit inside you. Yeah, well, they just see once you're in the, the setup the, of the national team, everything's geared towards the Olympic Games. Like when you're in part of the Irish boxing team, every your whole career is based about round coming an Olympian. Like that is the best thing you could do with your life. So I fell in that way of thinking. And like any time I ever mentioned about going pro, like they always talk me out of it. They talk any box out of it. For I don't know why, like they're just so against pro boxing and um things have changed now because you see a lot of pros out of Ireland they're coming through the ranks. But when I was on the team, like pro was the worst move you could have ever made. You end up like a lot of guys end up in, on the amateur system chasing the Olympic dream. And then the next thing they're in their thirties and their career's over. Ah. And they're like they're just nowhere to go in because you're whole like engulfed by this Olympic Olympic um cycle. Especially Olympics being every when, few but, years, you, like it's it's a lot yeah. to go your body, like especially your but it goes quick, like yeah. The four years goes quick. But then with, with Paddy and Mick, they're all the crack when they went to London, all the like they're sending me videos all the time and all the pictures. It was like it looked like Berlin crack, so I would love to go. Especially like the what would that be rubbing shoulders with you know like some sporting greats like you know Serena Williams, Usain yeah. Bolt, Federer. Like it would have been great to be in in and amongst it. That's just an experience, once in a lifetime sort of yeah. opportunity. And then like like you mentioned about the amateur game, a like Kitty Taylor always said years ago that she was going to go to amateur Olympics and then all of a sudden she turned pro because she just pretty much seen that she done every amateur level, and there's money involved to help her better life for herself. You're saying in your thirties, there, nothing there shown for it. So it's, you have to try and make that transition over to the professional game. Yeah. You, you see, there, like you've you've only two fights in the last twelve months because of probably because of COVID and everything. How did you stay motivated to keep your head straight? Because that's not easy for any fighter. Now, well, I was um after my fight. At the end of last year, when I won the WBC International title, I knew I was in a good position, you know, like for a big fight. And then, so I started back, I started back full time training on New Year's Eve, when mm-hmm. that was me. So and I was working towards a date. So this was obviously before COVID hit, and then I had agreed the fight for a world title in in April. Oh. And um, but then the COVID. All everything came into place in March, so I was like, right, I, was, I still, I like, I had a good fitness because I was getting, you no, know, like, I was preparing for a fight. And then when Eddie Hearn announced he was doing these garden shows, mm-hmm. I says, right, yeah, I saw him on on Instagram live, and he says, if anybody's not ready, you're going to the back of the queue. So. I was like, right, fuck, I'm in with a good shirt here, getting on this, on this show. So I kept training in preparation, though, getting the call-up for the show. And then it wasn't on any of them shows. And then so... But, the, like, the the year just kind of went so fast from from New Year's Eve, 
last year up until now. It's just fluent for me. So like I just kept having like training blocks preparing for dates in my mind. And then at the end of the summer I, I said to myself, look, I'm gonna I wanna fit in um in October. So I started training and got everything organized as if you no know, like I was training and I got a, a call up to fit for the European title on Halloween night. So putting putting like potential dates in my mind was what got me through the training camps. Yeah, yeah. And sort of keep your mind focused and going forward. Because it's hard to train, as you would know, to train without um, an end goal. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not a... There's some people who are keep fitters who just do it because they want to... But I'm not a keep fitter, you know what I mean? I'm, like, I'm a professional boxer, so I, I'm training with, a, with a, a target and sit. So I had to give myself these targets or else I couldn't do it. Because you wouldn't get up every morning, you have to know that my fight's in four weeks' time or five weeks' time, two weeks to keep yourself. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. like it's a uh, you won the European title, no crowd, no fans, no Belfast boys there. Like, it's a uh, it's a high winning that title, but I'm sure you want to like a few of your friends and family flying over to watch it, witness it. Yeah, it would have been, would have been brilliant. Um, spicy. You know, you you dream of getting on these big stages yeah. in these big arenas, and I've fought in the big arenas a few times, but early up in the card when when they're empty, so you always like dream and envision being fighting like at, at the top of the bill when the place is packed. So the fighting Wembley Arena was all like I would have had good support because all my friends and family would have travelled from here, and then I have loads of family in London. And they would have came too, so what the, the atmosphere would have been electric, but it just you know it's out of your hands, so you just had to get on with. And how did it feel then? Like no crowd there, was it different boxing or just did it feel like a training session with an end goal or what way did it feel? See, but I didn't feel any different. Um felt like there was plenty of noise because you know my corner was animated, his corner was animated, and there was a few there's a there's quite a lot of people around the ring because there's matchroom team, Sky Sports team, cameramen and, you know, stewards and all that. And then there was a few, like Eddie Hearn and and Tony Bailey and a few other um, like special guests who, you know, who were able to get in. So there was a wee bit of a crowd, but the noise people were making was just like the noise you would hear in a fight anyway. Because if there's a big crowd, you don't hear people who's like, sitting way up in the back you just hear what's going on at rings here yeah, so true. the the ringside noise was still there and, uh, yes that's cool because you, you, you watch a lot of fights like and even the ufc and even football matches and no crowd you're wondering like what are they feeling so you, you actually are mm. here in the normal and also the weirdest thing was just the ring walk because yeah when you're walking out and you're used to walking and seeing people all going mad and all and He's walking and there's nobody around. Yeah. So it was, that was weird. And like, you're a big family man. Does that drive you every day to get up and train and chase that gold? Yeah, well, like, it's, I need, um, I need to provide for my family and then I need to win. Like, I can't, I can't lose because we've lost before and it's a whole rebuilding process and it takes a while. But at this stage of my life, like, we need the security, so that is a, a big motivation. Like it's pro boxing, that's it. That's your life every day, training, fighting. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm a full-time pro. And uh, you need to be. You need to be, especially when you get to the championship level. Um, because you need to give yourself every chance to be a champion and, and secure your future and secure your family's future. And um, if you're half in, half it, you know, you can only give half yourself in the ring. Yeah, true, true. And then, like we mentioned there at the start, like you're from Belfast and there's a lot of Belfast great boxers over the years, over the last 30, 40 years. And the Irish team, like Ireland's known for boxing heroes and greats. Is there any of them, like sort of, whenever you started the boxing at the teenage level, that you looked up to Irish-wise? I know you mentioned Mike Tyson, Lance Lewis and all. But right when there was I would... Be popular. The, the, when I was coming up, um, the, the one who was our like idol because he was the one man in a big team it was Andy Lee. Andy Lee, yeah. So yeah. Andy Lee was like he was the epitome of you know like what he should be. Yeah. So and I was and then when he turned pro like I was a fan of him right the whole way through. He's a great guy. And I'm Darn Southern. Darn Southern was someone who like I really, really looked up to and you know it was great then when I met him for the first time he was so like so sound I mean he kind of like took me under his wing and was like a like a big brother kind of role and then Paddy Barnes he when he got the when he qualified for um Beijing in 2000 and yes. well, he qualified in 2007 okay. so I would have been 16 when he just qualified and had like I didn't I didn't know him at the time I knew who he was like, but I didn't really know him too well. Mm-hmm. And when he done it and the whole story behind it, because they weren't gonna send him to a qualifier and all, said he wasn't good enough. And he'd only man the qualifier at that at that tournament. And I was just like, what a what an absolute legend, like a, a real working class hero. Yeah. And um and then when when I met Patty in, um he became like a mentor for me and we became really, really close. Yeah, so uh, Paul McCluskey, really like Paul McCluskey, and um, I see most Irish boxers. I follow them, like I, I support all of them. Yeah, but they were the guys just looking up to coming up. Um, Brian McGee too used to go to watch his fights. Yeah, Ian McCulloch. I had a pocket rocket. Yeah. We're like lucky. There's so many Irish Irish greats. Like uh, we're lucky. It's a small country with great golfers, great boxers. Like it's great to see yeah, it's unreal. individual sport, like because like you need that that figure to show here's the door, go on in. So it's great to see that. Yeah, and so like Carl Frampton has been a, a massive one for me and for like my generation of boxers and the ones that are coming after me because Card was on the team with me and Card's and I one of my, my mates. And to know someone like you know when, when you're boxing. Like I always had this dream and I still do have this ambition of being a world champion. But people to go oh, like ways up. Like you're you're not no like it's it's unattainable. Mm-hmm. But then somebody who you know who's a friend, who you trained with, <laughs> to go on and be world champion. It's like it is it is doable. Like he's from working class background too. And um it's like he if he can do it, why can't I do it? And then, then Burnett came along, and then he was unified world champion. That's an R fellow who is one of my mates and who I trained with too. So, them two would be big 
you know, inspirations and, and show me that it can happen. So pretty much you're saying that the writing's on the wall. It's just whenever it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. No, but no, you fought in Ireland, England and Italy. Is there anywhere else in the world that you want to fight in? Like, like sort of stands out to you that I want to be there? Yeah, I want America, big thing. I want, um, I want the MSG, Madison Square Garden, because mm-hmm. it's so historic, and New York is, is brilliant. Um, and I love the fight in Vegas, because yeah. that there is. The, so, like, any any great boxers out there, you want to say you fought in, in Madison Square Garden in Vegas? Yeah, that's the pinnacle of the of the world. Like you want to fight there. Yeah. There's like so many great boxers won titles there, and like you want to you vision that that walking in the strip of Vegas and going to the yeah. MGM Grand, that'll be awesome. And yeah. you're mentioning and that's another one as well. Like cars done both of them too. So yeah. like it's and and Mick Mick headlining um, Mick Conlon headlining Madison Square Garden every year. So Paris weekend every year, yeah. So. Yeah, like, so my, my mates are doing it, so like, it's Albion, is it? Bring you along. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, like we were mentioning there with the European title and hopefully next is the world. Is, is there a date or a fight next in line for you or what's next for you? Um, There's nothing um, like confirmed yet in stone, but my team's working, pushing hard to get the, the world title fight next. If not, it'll be a defense of my European title. But I, I would rather just go straight in for the world title. But we'll see what happens. I'll should be after this Joshua short the weekend. We should be more in the in the know of what's going on. But fingers crossed for the world title. Yeah, because I think you're you're thirty years of age now, aren't you? Yeah. So this is the this is the part now you're going to just take over and hopefully in the next five years. That's it. Yeah. Them goals are ticked. America a few times and hopefully a world title. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the that's the plan. We we always ask our listeners because this is a called the one hit podcast. We also ask listeners, what was the best one hit you've seen, either in person or TV? It doesn't have to be boxing. It could be even a football match. The best free kick, the best knockout, the best UFC, like the best one hit that comes to your mind that you've seen, either in person or TV, or shown to you. Later on in life, a tricky one. Well, the most recent one would be Javante Davis on Leo Santo Cruz. Like that was well the way he knocked him out. That that uppercut was just I've never seen anything like it. I don't know where. So that's the one that springs the mind straight away. I'm sure there's more of them, but that's the yeah that one's in my mind at the forefront of the minute. I seen him live fights. I saw him in Vegas at the Mayweather McGregor card. Mm. He's, he's a pretty. He's, he's dynamite. Oh, he's very very good. But there's so many so yeah. many good boxers, and like uh, our listeners, we've got listeners all over the world. And where would they find more information? You keeping up to date? Because I'm sure most of our listeners know you. Because we've got a lot of Irish listeners, but there's American listeners too that would love to get in contact with you and see where your fights is coming next. What was the best way? Instagram, Twitter. Instagram and Twitter, I haven't got a Facebook. Um, so Instagram and Twitter, they're both the same. Tommy Mac nine zero, and um, 
yeah, just give me a follow and I'll just keep you. I'm very active on, on social media, so you'll be able to know what's happening as it happens. Perfect. And I can't let you go with uh, reading about your background is Jamaican and Irish. Mm-hmm. Two, two strong genes. Does that help you with the fighting? Yeah, well, you know, the two um, nations that are very similar, you know, like the culture is very similar, you know, like drinking and partying and fighting and having fun. Yeah. And they're, they're the negatives, but, you know, that's the stereotypes. And, you know, for the two, uh, for Jamaica to be such a small country and Ireland to be such a small country, the influence that we've had on the world, yeah. you know, everyone is Irish and everyone wants to be Irish. Mm. Everyone loves Jamaica. Everyone wants to be Jamaican, you know, from music to food. Um, from you know St. Patrick's Day celebrations are worldwide, so you know it's it's great that I'm proud to you know have that as my my makeup. Two two great proud nations. Yeah, that's awesome. Because like you're saying, they're like such a small country, Jamaica and Ireland. Everyone in the world heard of Jamaica and Ireland know where Jamaica and Ireland is. So like we're lucky to be. Well, I'm lucky to be Irish. Lucky to be sort of both. So like it's you're you're a proud Irish man as I see. All the fights you go to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm very proud of Irish man. You know, like I um like I can trace my um roots right back to, you know, ancient Ireland. You know, McCarthy's are, you know, pure Irish from history started. Mm. And um so I'm proud. I'm proud of very proud of it. And then I need the you know, like being being mixed, being a black Irish man, a lot of people, you know, you're not apparently, you're not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not apparent that you're Irish, you know, like when they just see you. Yes, yes. So I feel like I need to let people know that, yes, I am Irish and I'm very, I'm proud of it. I need to, I'm not trying to shy away from it. And then also as well, being a, a proud Irish man, I, I need to show that I'm, proud of the Jamaican roots too because I'm not trying to I'm not trying to like accentuate one and, and leave the other one out like I'm it's extremely proud of both like I'm proud to be a black Irish man and uh, one, I'm not heading away from that that's the idea because like where we're from up the north here like it's we have to fight every day to be, be Irish to be sure that we are Irish yeah like, you know, really. that's why we're extra proud, so even, proud. Yeah, especially the your way. So we have to every day make sure because a lot of people, as you know, that don't want us to be Irish, so we have to fight. So you have to fight double. Yes, I guess you're not Irish or you're you're Northern Irish or you're like, oh, you can't be Irish, you can't be black and Irish, you know. Like sometimes I get, like I've had the trolls and all, the hardy Irish, you're black man and all this crap, but listen, I know where they are, and that's all that matters and I'm proud of it well that's awesome yeah be proud of it no looking forward to seeing you back in the ring and hopefully in the near future when fans can come I'll definitely be at your next fight and cheer you yes, up good man looking forward to it and I'll keep I'll keep promoting you on the Facebook and Instagram and all and get our listeners involved with you as much as I can Tommy yeah, thanks very much appreciate it thanks for your time boy thank you alright no bye bye see you later bye bye I am the greatest 
be water, my friend.